0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie French really for Wahoo's twenty four seven, and it's been a busy few weeks for Virginia football and Virginia basketball recruiting. Both head coaches, both programs, hitting the recruiting trail pretty hard and extensively as they look to for Tony Bennett to secure a few of the missing pieces heading towards the fall, while Tony Elliott is doing the same thing, not only in the portal but also trying to secure a solid 2024 class as they approach the official visit season so we're gonna really break down the biggest headlines from both of those sports as far as recruiting but before we get going why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this channel on youtube like this big video and also click the bell so that you're notified wherever whenever we post a new video but also If you haven't done so already, if you can just help us out by increasing our reach of our podcast, head over to either Apple or Spotify and rate and review us. That way we can continue to grow this podcast as we continue to bring you content about Virginia football, basketball, and Virginia athletics. So let's get started. So we're going to start with football just because um, I'm hoping that maybe something pops for Virginia basketball before I end this recording. So Virginia football right now, as you've noticed the last two days, I've done a reset on their board. Just kind of going through and seeing which offers they're more involved with, uh, who they're trending forward with, who's trending a little behind, who's cool, who's warm. So and we did that on our Wahoo's 24-7 site. We broke it down by offense and defense, breaking down how many of each position Virginia is likely taking in this recruiting cycle, for instance, at quarterback. They're likely taking just one. However, there is a door open for potentially two quarterbacks in this class. And then, for example, running back, they could take zero. I'll take it one. I mean, this is a very packed running back room. If you look at it, it's, a lot of them have quite a few numbers of eligibility. So you can see them kind of fluctuating between zero and one. Obviously, Transit Porter will have that effect too down the line. So if anything happens on the line, that number could change. Wide receivers are looking to take about four. Tight end, they're taking about two. Offensive line, they already have one in Benjamin York, but they're looking to add two more to that. Um, on defense at linebacker, they're trying to take at least two. Um, and then let's defensive tackle, probably about two, edge three or four in that position. Uh, safeties, they already got one. Ethan Mentor, although he's played quarterback for Thomas Dale, they recruit him as an athlete because they can see him at wide out, but they also can see him at safety. And right now, I've slotted him at safety because when they first looked at Ethan Minther, they thought he could fit on the defensive side of the ball. And talking to Thomas Dale's head coach, that's an area where they're going to likely put him in next fall. So Ethan Minther, I've slotted it in for all intents and purposes into that safeties zone. And then cornerbacks, they're likely taking two. Um, the DB board is the one that's been fluctuating quite a lot lately. Um, if you notice, and even the linebacker road board actually too, Clint Sinton has giving out some new offers in that area. But at cornerback, they're evaluating a few other players um, like Colorville's intended defensive Den- Den- back from Tennessee, Cam Herring, Kieran Cox. That's the area where he recruits. Um, Virginia was actually there um, just a few weeks ago. Um, Terry Heffernan and Taylor Lamb was there. And they, there's an offensive line, Richard Brown, Orban, who's has an offer from Virginia, that Virginia is recruiting, and then their quarterback, Lover, just picked up a Virginia offer. He's set to visit this weekend. So it's a school that Virginia has a lot of ties to and is recruiting pretty heavily. So Cam Herring is from that school, and he's someone that Virginia continues to evaluate. Um, so right now, if you look across the board, um, a lot of the a lot of these players are now setting up official visits. Now on Wahoos twenty four seven, not only do we have the offensive board. And the defensive board broken down by positions and also where they stand as far as which official visits they set. We also have an area where it's dedicated to where these players are setting official visits and when they've set official visits to Virginia. So right now um, we have a, we have five players that have confirmed or locked in official visits. And that is going to be more players here in, in the next couple of weeks because a lot of players have told us that they're still talking with Virginia or talking with other programs and seeing which visit weekends work. So um, and also they also have unlimited official visits now. So that's a new thing that starts on July 1st, which will be interesting to manage because, yes, the players have unlimited official visits. The schools still have only the allotted amount of official visits they're allowed to provide. So, yes, the players have more official visits, but the schools still only have what they were given. So that's going to be fun to manage because anything that the NCAA does is always halfway. So. When we look at the first weekend of June, it's already becoming quite packed. Um, Two players, um, well, four players that we've confirmed include defensive end Jared Johnson, uh, offensive lineman Jamil Allen, tight end John Rogers, and wide receiver Cameron Montero. Those four players have already confirmed that they've locked in their visits for that weekend. I expect that Virginia will stick to that four to six range of how many players that have an official visits. That's been what they did last summer and what they also did during that first December recruiting visit. So I imagine that they're probably going to be about the same amount of time. Ethan mentor, someone who I just mentioned who committed, he said that he's likely going to take one in June as well. He doesn't know the date yet. So what I'm saying is there's this, this list is going to um, increase quite extensively as we move through May and the spring evaluation period. And I expect Virginia to offer Some new players as well when you go through this, because when you look at the board right now, so I I mentioned this when we were covering the 23 cycle, Virginia is not going to cast a white net of offers. That's not how they operate. What they do is they have tier systems. So they're going to have, this is a group of kids that are a high priority. So they will get an offer. Then you get the next bunch of groups. And if some of the guys in the first tier groups move on to different programs, they'll go to the second tier and so on and so forth. So right now they're evaluating where they stand with a number of these kids. And you can kind of see from the tea leaves um, what's going on. So, for example, at quarterback, we can automatically assume that Highly Springs quarterback Christian Martin is still the number one target at quarterback. However, Aiden Glover is also a very talented signal caller, and he wants to make his decision relatively quickly. And he's set to visit on Saturday and he does have an offer. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that visit goes. From everything I've heard, he really loves um, his relationship with both Taylor Lamb and Tony Elliott. So this visit could be pivotal, and how that quarterback room will stack, and how that quarterback recruiting is going to look. They've also offered a Ohio quarterback in Ethan Grunkmeyer um, that happened uh, yesterday. So that's another name to know. So there's only three offers I realistically put on Virginia's board at the moment. There are a couple other offers out there, but these are the three that I would imagine that you would have to focus on. At running back, Peyton Lewis remains the Running back to pay attention to. Although, like I wrote into my story, it seems like this is a Tennessee South Carolina battle. If you follow what our stories on Paint Lewis, Paint has said he has family in South Carolina as well. So, although he's from the state of Virginia, there are ties to South Carolina at wide receivers. Again, this is a group that I expect to see possibly new offers go out. When you look at Chance Wiggins and Makai White, these two were players that were trending towards Virginia last spring. Now they're not trending towards Virginia. So those two, you see those two still on the offer list, but then you've got David Washington that visited. And actually that brings me to my point that Virginia did an excellent job this spring, getting guys a little more better than last year where guys were actually visiting like David Washington, a wide out from uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so you have him, you have Emmanuel Ross that also visited. You had Channing Goodwin that visited. I mean, It was great to have him on campus. Virginia is in his top seven, but I still think that's a Michigan uh, lean. Uh, Cameron Montero, I said he's going to set an official visit. That's a good guy to come, and uh, Adam Mims visited him. Well, visited his school. They can't talk to kids on campus, but visited his school um, this past week. So there are a number of kids that Virginia are involved, a wide receiver, but because they're going to get four wide receivers, I expect that list to grow. Um, tight end, John Rogers, Benjamin Blackburn are your two, but I expect that list again um, to grow in that respect because they want two tight ends in the class. And right now those are the two that they've had, but there's been a number of tight ends without offers that have visited. And this is a time where Des Kitching is hitting the road and evaluating players, much like how he did with John Rogers, who he attended his baseball practice and then afterwards was given the offer um, when Tony Elliott called him. Um, an offensive line, um, obviously they have one commit. And like I said, they're aiming for three. Uh, right now, there's a number of guys that they've moved the needle with. I mean, Jemiel Allen is one that obviously he's set his official visit. Um, but DJ Tolliver is one that he's really hard to kind of, he's hard to read at times. He's visited Virginia a number of times. He's the only visited Virginia once under Terry Heffron has been here. So that's one to monitor to see if he does visit again. Uh, Mason Wade they made some strides there but I still think it's going to be a little hard to lure him away from North Carolina and Virginia Tech but they did make some strides with Mason Wade so and then there's a new offer that they just relent out to Grant Ellinger uh, I've yet to speak to him I'm actually about to speak to him Thursday evening so we'll probably know more about him later Um, at linebacker and again all this is available at Wahoo is 24-7 so I am just kind of listing some guys for you guys to keep an eye out as we continue to monitor this because there's going to be a lot of new names right now if you look at this board and you kind of see the trend there are some of these names that are either trending away or they're the names that there's still uncertainty around it so you're going to see a couple of new names at certain positions i will be shocked if they don't offer more wide receivers uh, linebackers and tight ends in the next few weeks um a defensive tackle they've actually i think they're in good spot with a number of them um i actually think the two they have I have three of them on the board and two out of the three. I think Virginia is in a good standing at edge. I would say Gerard Johnson is probably the one that I would say leans the most to Virginia. Mackay um, Byerson is one that I thought liked Virginia. He has not set a Virginia official visit. I think there's we're going to have more clarity on his situation after the spring semester is over. Um, right now, he has set four West Virginia, Rutgers, Kentucky and Virginia Tech. So that's four. So as you can tell, it's a lot of fluctuations. And again, if you want to go to wahoo's 24-7, you're going to get that whole board there. So, And I think when you look at this, you're seeing a staff that's acting quicker than last year. Um, this is a staff that's still evaluating how many offers to put out. Uh, I mentioned this on our board that this staff is not going to cast a wide variety of nets. And if you look at how many they've actually done, I believe... Virginia has about 150 offers out, but only just under or just about 100 offers were extended by this staff. While, you know, if you look at Virginia Tech, I think they have over 200 offers. I think Tennessee has like 300 or 400 offers. So you can see that they have a philosophy in what they want to do when it comes to offering. And it's not going to be just give you an offer when you have an offer. It's a committable offer. So um, as long as all your transcripts are in order, I want to an asterisk on that as long as all your transcripts are in order it is a committable offer so i think when you look at this you're going to see that virginia is going to have some late offers here so it it's still it's still to be determined how that's going to affect how their recruiting does in the high school front but that is still how they're approaching um i will say like i mentioned they've done a good job in the spring much better than the last year when they were still new and trying to kind of get their feelings around the area I mean, when you look at their visitor lists this fall, um, they had Ethan Minter and Benjamin York on ground several times for Ethan Minter's case, and they've secured both of their commitments. So that was good. That was a good starting point. Uh, Ethan Minter's a Thomas Dale uh, athlete. It's always great to keep in-state players home. But if you look at who else visited, I mean, Zaire Rayner. I know he committed to Minnesota, but December signing day is far away. You also have DeAndre Cook, Makai Byerson, Asad Brown, Chris Cole. Uh, Troy Horn, uh, Schm- Moritz um, uh, Zervarian Johnson. You have plenty of kids that decided to visit Virginia. Um, Bodie Cahoon, Derek Brown, uh, Robbie Martin, Peyton Lewis. I mean, this was something that last year we had a bit of it, but not to this extent. They did a good job of getting guys on ground. So next, next step is getting them to officially visit and also to close the deal. Um, obviously, having improvement on the field in the fall will certainly help as well. So you're seeing then a lot of the players, <clears throat> I mean, if you read my feature on Cameron Montero, you saw that he they, they love the energy of practice, something that we've all seen, even from the spring game. You see that new energy, you see that about recruits see that. Recruits also see that the new football facility being built just across from the practice field when they were there. Cameron Montero made to say, <laughs> actually said, you know, it's, You can see that UVA wants change by that facility being built. You can see they're putting big money into the program. So by doing that, you're showing recruits that you mean business. When Tony Elliott is saying we want change, they're seeing the change. And that's the first step in getting these kids to buy in. They want to see investment. That was something that I heard last year, that these kids want to make sure that UVA is investing in football. They didn't. Some groups from last year didn't see it. Well, guess what? They're seeing it in the football facility. If they see improvement on the football field next year, you're going to see that more buy-in as well. So that is something that you're going to see more in 24, which is why I always said I was never going to judge this staff on 2023. 2024 and 2025 is where I'm going to start judging how their recruiting is going to be. Um, And then as a transfer portal, they did a great job of securing two offensive linemen, obviously position of need, in Jimmy Christ a kid that Virginia fans are familiar with, obviously committed to Virginia before deciding to go to Penn state and Brad Stevens, who was on the show. Um, so when you look at what those two Stevens and Christ done, um, they bring, they, they bring depth to a position that Virginia needed. Um, right now, when we look at with Brian and Jimmy, both um, joining the, Virginia roster, when you look at where they are right now in scholarships, when you count them, Virginia is at about 84. That's what we estimated with everyone, including Jared Raymond with his scholarship. Everyone, it's estimated 84. You can only have 85, which means they have one scholarship available from our estimations from look going through um, the scholarships for Virginia. So that means they have one spot. So right now they're looking to add a DB. So obviously there's some big names in the DB portal including Malcolm Green, who's a Highland Springs graduate. His brother, Miles Green, is going to be in the summer. He's going to be a Cyanese, but Virginia is not just casting one person in that. So they're going to be recruiting several different. And in the last 24 hours, they're evaluating several other DBs that I've known of. So um, hopefully I'll have that updated in our transfer tracker by Friday. I just need to make sure I reach out to see where they are in that process. Because again, if you remember from our December transfer portal coverage, Virginia has a process of how to do that. They have to first, they have to see the transcripts and make sure that they can get in. It's a a process. Again, when you look at Transfer Virginia, it's not as easy as how high is a GPA. They got to make sure the credit's there so they can match up with a Virginia credit and then make sure you stay eligible. It's a longer process when it comes to transfers, which is why things don't probably move as quickly when it comes to UVA as other institutions when it comes to offering. Um... So right now, Virginia, again, is looking at DB. So right now, um, the only attrition Virginia suffered was Cam Kelly, who then went to Louisville. Um, They have not had any other player on scholarship go into the portal. Obviously, linebacker Ryan Attaway, uh, a walk-on, did go into the portal. But as of right now, only one scholarship player has left Virginia during this transfer portal. So that is your nitty-gritty and dirty part of everything to do with virginia football recruiting um again all this information is on wahoo's 24 7 we're going to be resetting the board i will no doubt probably next month when more offers are extended during spring evaluation period and when we confirm more official visits and where kids are going because that is the easiest way to read where virginia stands for a lot of these players is who are they who are they visiting um and what are their plans for their timeline of decision because a lot of these guys might push back their decision because of the situation with um the unlimited official visits. Of but when we get back, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna talk some basketball recruiting. So we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Frenchly for wahoo's 24-7. So we're going to touch on quickly on basketball recruiting. And when you look at Virginia's basketball recruiting, you're just gonna have to give your tip your hat up to Tony Bennett and his staff that done a good job on closing guys on grounds. Um they obviously started that with Jordan Meyer, the Merrimack transfer. He came on grounds a couple weeks ago and he was set to visit two other programs, decided not to visit those programs. The only one he did visit was Florida Gulf Coast after leaving grounds because that one was already settled. He got home, decided that Virginia was a place to be he committed on Monday and uh, told the other programs he wasn't visited. And then he officially announced his commitment a couple days later. And then the following week, Virginia did a good job of getting two guards on campus, a high school prospect, Blue Kane, and also a transfer and St. Thomas guard, Andrew Road. Again, same thing happened again. Blue Cane, in that respect, he decided to take a visit to Florida and he's taking a visit to Penn State. But Andrew Road decided that he decided that he liked what he saw after, after his visit to Virginia. He committed. So Virginia has um, added the guard that they wanted to get during a transfer portal. I guess, season or a window. And then this past weekend, again, it happened again. They wanted to welcome Oklahoma transfer, Jacob Groves. Now, they wanted to also welcome Richard Byrne um, the transfer for Northwestern. He decided that he was going to visit Virginia Tech, visited Miami a couple weeks ago, then Virginia Tech this week. And then the visit for UVA was kind of up in the air towards the end of this week. Um, UVA wanted to get him on grounds with Jacob Groves, but obviously that didn't happen and then Virginia got Jacob Groves. So Virginia picked up three transfers in the last two weeks or well, three weeks. So Virginia has been able to get all the guys that they wanted to holes filled with some experienced players, but what they've also done is in the last 24 hours they also welcomed Anthony Robinson, a forward from the Christ School in North Carolina. He was a kid that just was released from his NIL. NLI all these acronyms are the same. He was released from his NLI um, from South Florida and Virginia wasted no time in reaching out. And it's Georgia Vanderbilt and Radford. He kind of exploded on the scene after a very impressive senior season and his stock rose a little bit. I could see from, you know, Georgia and Vanderbilt reaching out as well to a pair of SC programs in Virginia. Also, this is a good kid to have, especially when you have a Blake Buchanan coming down the pipe and signing and coming in on in the summer. So, you know, as of, let's see, it's 1210. 12, 1210, 12, um, no news has come about about Anthony Robinson. We've heard that the visit went well. Um, and we are probably expecting some news in that regard, but it looks like everything is trending Virginia. I would say UVA is the favorite. But as of 1210, when I'm recording this podcast, nothing has devolved from there. So um, I know one of the next questions with is going to be what happens with Jaron Stevenson? I mean, Jaron Stevens is still just trying to try decide if you'll be reclassifying or not after the last few weeks. And after speaking to Jaron, myself and talking to him and seeing how, you know, talking to other people around that recruitment, it seems like Virginia is in a very good spot with him. I would say that, you know, Virginia should not be ignored. I think UVA is very well liked by him and his family. The decision will likely come down to if he reclassifies or not. And that's a decision that he's still trying to make um, what's best for him. And I think Virginia, if he reclassifies, does to have a very good shot of getting a five-star onto ground. So we're still monitoring um, that right now. So right now for basketball, it's still probably going to be a busy week for basketball. I think Tony Bennett is going to get some more good news here soon. Um, But yeah, it's been an eventful week for them. And obviously football, they're still on the road. So we're going to have plenty of coverage coming up for Wahoos 24-7 in the next few weeks. I will be on the road in May, um, like last year, if you were a subscriber for last year or a follower of the program, you know that I hit the road and visit several high school athletes during that time period. I will do that again this next month, and I'll have all that coverage for you. For example, on May 4th, I'll be at Highland Springs College Showcase, which, as you know, is the home of Christian Martin, one of Virginia's top quarterback targets. So I will be there. I will also be at several different high schools and I will probably make a trek over to North Carolina where there's several different prospects that Virginia is offering. So what does it mean for the podcast? It means I can't guarantee you which day of the week that the podcast will be recorded because a lot of my schedule will be determined when high school coaches and high school players will be available to me to meet with me at their school. Um, And sometimes I will be on the road and I might see five or six different athletes or high school coaches in the same day. Um, so I can't guarantee you that this will be on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, but I can't guarantee it will be one of those three days. Um, I'm hoping to keep it at every Tuesday, but like this week, it was going to be Thursday. So I will probably keep it Tuesday and Thursday. Um, but I can't guarantee you a day because I will be on the road quite a lot, uh, starting on May 1st. So I hope you guys like the show. If you have any questions, um also if uh, if I could I want to get a gauge on how many people would like a live show one of the things that I am debating doing every month is a live Q&A on YouTube but also publishing that as a podcast. So if that's something you're interested in want to go and get on why who's 24/7 you can leave a comment on the message boards but also go ahead and leave me a comment on here on YouTube that is something that I've been toying with. Um I figure it's a good time to do recruiting Q&As um especially with official visit season starting and then obviously coming up to the fall it'll be a good way to get instant answers in a live format like that. So if you're interested, why don't you go ahead and leave a comment on YouTube, but also a comment on Wahoo's 24-7, whichever one is more convenient for you. Um, So with that, I hope you guys had an informative show. Again, I said it's a lot of nitty gritty, but um, next week we'll hopefully get more of a more relaxed episode. I want to get kind of the, the reset on the podcast form as well as in a written form. So um, I hope all of you have a good rest of your week and is not as chaotic and is not as busy. So um, we'll be back here at some point next week.